We are, in just a few moments here, going to start into this discussion of fundamentals of business for a computing professional, which is our, according to the schedule, our next major topic here. I do want to back up here just very briefly and talk with you about something that we, we didn't get a chance to cover in our previous discussion on this concept of the business IT gap. And I think we had a, a really good discussion before and uh, you guys brought in some very interesting articles on that topic and so on. What we did not get a chance to do though was, was talk about this particular slide that is in your slide deck that talks about this business process expert. Well, remember the premise of what we talked about last time was that businesses are looking for people that can span the gap between the computing world and, and the business world. And I had a discussion, since we had this discussion as a class with a business professional on this very issue, about the challenge that they have in finding computing people that are comfortable with working with business professionals and can do so effectively. So I'm, I'm telling you that if you can cultivate this characteristic in your professional career, it's going to open a lot of doors for you. Well, as we take apart this diagram, I think it does a very good job describing what a business process expert does but more importantly, who a business process expert is as far as their skill set and the things that they bring to the table for an organization. And so notice right here in the center we have this circle that says BPX. But then we have this inner triangle that has three different elements to it. A business process expert is someone that brings together business skills technical skills, we're talking there about technical computing skills, and then the third thing here is project management skills. And I like to think of that as they know about business, they know about computing, and they can get stuff done. They can manage a project, they can see something through to its conclusion, and so a business process expert at the core has, has those three things that they are, are bringing to an organization. Then as we move to this outer ring, you'll notice there are four things there. Facilitation skills, the, the root of the word facilitation is the word facile, which means easy. And so the idea here is this is someone that can take something complicated and explain it to people in a way that they would understand because they can make something complex seem easy. Well, that's going to be very, very important in trying to bridge this business and technical gap here. If you can go back and forth between the various communities and not drown each of the parties in gobbledygook and jargon, but rather speak to them in a way that they would be able to understand. Facilitation skills, collaboration skills are the key because you're going to be working with uh, people from both parts of the organization and most of what you're going to do is going to involve working with other people. And uh, I know we talked about this before, but it, it bears mentioning again that far and away, one of the things that we hear most from, from our advisory board in the department is students being able to graduate and go and work in an organization in a team-based setting. 
and contribute to the team and work effectively with their teammates because there are very few jobs anymore for the lone wolf that just does his or her own thing. You're working with other people. Adaptability, because you're going to be doing a lot of different things. The project that you have one week may be very, very different from what you're working on a month later. So adaptability is the key. And then I think this one right here is really, really important and it's easy to overlook tool knowledge, which basically just means, if you think about this in terms of other professions, a plumber comes to your home, a mechanic goes to work on your car, and what do they do? They pull out their tool chest and they grab their monkey wrenches or their other kinds of tools and they use that to solve the problem. A business process expert has to have lots of tools in his or her repertoire. And the tools that we're talking about here are probably going to be software tools. You know, they can work in various IDEs to do programming. They can use different tools for software modeling. They can work in an environment like the SAP GUI where they're looking at transactions. And so the more tools you have in your toolbox that you can bring to bear in a particular uh, situation, the better off you're going to be able to achieve success. And then lastly, the six little arrowheads around the outside um, kind of describes other characteristics of the business process expert on an interpersonal level. I like this one here in the bottom left, plays with systems. I um, was telling a colleague this story a few months ago and he thought it was really interesting so I'll share it with you. The very first time I ever got opportunity to touch a computer or learn what computers were was probably around when I was in the fourth or fifth grade. Now that wasn't that many years ago but that's going back to a time before computers were in everybody's homes and before cell phones even existed much less smartphones and I took a course during the summer at a uh, community college in my hometown they offered a kids in college program and I took a course in basic programming and we went into a classroom and the teacher used the whiteboard and, and wrote a basic program on the board and explained to us the syntax of the language. And then we got homework. And we got to go to the campus computer lab and we got an account on the computer system. And I had never seen anything like that before. And I just, it, for me, it was like love at first sight. And so after a couple of classes where I knew what I was doing, um, I would have my dad drop me off at the college on his way to work in the morning, which normally meant I'd get there about 7.30. And then I'd have my mom pick me up at night, which was generally around 7 o'clock at night. And so I would get there about 7 and I'd leave about 7 and I would spend the whole day, except when I left to go eat some lunch, in the computer lab there at the university. And I didn't know what I was doing at first, but I went to the library and checked out all of these like books of how to program and they had source code in them and I typed it into the computer and I, you know, learned a little bit about it. And after about two or three weeks, then college students would come in to work on their homework. And keep in mind, I'm, I'm like in fifth grade, I was helping them write their programs and stuff and helping them figure out how to use the system. Because I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And when the summer ended and my account went away, 
I, I just felt, you know, like my puppy died or something. I mean, it was just, I was just like, I could not get enough of it. I loved it so much. It was really, really fun. And I have to confess that although I still really enjoy working with computers, I, I don't have that same passion today that I had back when I was in fifth grade for all of this. Well, what's that look like for you and your personal life? I mean, if you say, I really like working with computers, well, that points to the fact that you probably have picked the right program of study here at ETSU. But if you're thinking to yourself, computers, I could take them or leave them. I don't really care. Well, you're not exactly positioning yourself in a, a good place for this being what you're going to do the rest of your life. I mean, if you're kind of like lukewarm about it now, how do you think you're going to feel about it 40 years from now? Because it's probably not going to get any better. And in fact, over time, you know, as you face more problems and more real life concerns, that's probably going to go down. You ask a lot of faculty and they can tell you that you, they can always spot the students that are like the top performers in the class because they're always doing stuff beyond just what's assigned because they think it's fool. They think it's fool. They think it's fun. They think it's cool. They enjoy that. So kind of ask yourself, and I'm not asking for a show of hands or anything, but like when you took Java, was your attitude, okay, I got to take Java, ugh and you write all the programs and, and you're done? Or were you like, this is cool. I know the teacher said to do this. I'll go ahead and do that. But I'm going to write a couple more programs just for fun. Well, if you don't find yourself more towards that second scenario than the first scenario, you, you kind of might want to take a look at yourself and ask yourself, okay, am I doing the right thing here? N not everybody needs to be a computing professional. Maybe, maybe it would be better for you to be something else, which I'm not saying that to run any of you off, and nor do I feel like I know any of you well enough at this point in the semester to comment about what I think about this as it relates to you. This is a conclusion for you to come to. But I'm telling you that if you don't really enjoy this stuff, and if you don't find it fun now, it's not getting any better, okay? You get out there and you have a boss that says, here's your mountain of work and I need it by Friday. At that point, most people, no matter how much they love computing, aren't going to be like, yay, you know, you're going to feel the stress of that. So this is the time in your life when this should be cool and fun and this should be enjoyable. And so what I'm telling you is, if it's not, you need to think about that and maybe think about what it is that you do find cool and enjoyable. I'm not, I don't know if this characterizes any of you or not, so I'm going to assume not. But we always get students that come their freshman year and they're a computing major of some variety and we ask them why and they say, I like playing computer games. Nothing wrong with computer games. Computer games are fun. I like playing some of them, too. I'm not good at most of them, but I, I enjoy it. It's kind of fun. But being a computing professional, for the most part, isn't sitting around playing computer games. So if you enjoy the computer games but nothing else, then once again, maybe it's time to kind of rethink um, you know, what you're setting yourself up to do in, in your career in the future. Now, that being said, maybe you've already invested a lot in being a computing professional, but you're really more interested in other stuff. 
there's nothing that says that you can't finish this degree and then go get a graduate degree in another area or take your computing skill and go and pursue a different career path because there certainly are a need for technically capable people in all kinds of different professional positions. But my hope is that you've thought about this as it relates to you because ultimately we're going to be done with this class in a few months and you're going to go off and some of you I may see again in future classes, some of you I may not. 20 years from now, we may never see each other again, but you're going to see yourself every day just by definition. And so you've got to be comfortable with the decisions that you make. So I hope you think about that. So do you enjoy working with technology? Are you a self-starter? You know, if you're someone who needs someone to give you a list of the 18 things that you do, then this is probably not the kind of career for you. I had the opportunity this summer to do some consulting work in an organization, and I worked with, um, worked with is my, probably the wrong word, I worked in the vicinity of a team of people that all had the title, or as part of their title, the word architect, and some of them were corporate IT architecture architects, and some people were infrastructure architects. And the one thing that I observed about every one of these architects were they basically did their own thing. And every so often they would meet with the chief information officer of the company and he would say to them, you know, this is something we're thinking about strategically for the company. Why don't you look into this? And their job basically was to learn as much as they possibly could about a particular target so that they could help the company come up with a good strategy to make decisions in that realm. Nobody met with them, not on a daily basis, not with, on a weekly basis, not even on a monthly basis to tell them what to do. They were responsible to figure out what they wanted to do. Now, if you look at yourself once again and think, I, I wouldn't like that kind of environment. I'm more comfortable with people telling me what to do. That's fine, but that may mean that this kind of role isn't something that you would want to seek out. I'd also suggest to you that it's perfectly normal for you at the point in your career where you are right now to say, you know, I probably need someone to tell me what to do. But maybe you're thinking, okay, after that happens for two or three years, then maybe I'm going to be ready to take a leadership position and tell other people uh, what to do or to work independently. And so that's an important characteristic for a business process expert to have. Eager to learn. Now, I am not telling you that I learn to, that I love learning about every possible subject out there. I'll tell you something about myself that not a lot of people know. I, when I was a university student, I hated history. I don't know what it was, but if you go back and look at my undergraduate transcript, I think I got C minuses or D pluses in every one of my history classes. I hated history class. And like now, I enjoy like reading a book that talks about something that happened in the past. So I'm not saying I hate the past and I hate knowing about the past. But I hate, you know, like if you said, here's an American history book, I would say, great, a doorstop. Because I would have no interest in reading that book. Um, that's just me, okay? 
I'm not saying that you have to be like interested in learning everything about everything, but there should be some things that relate to your planned career that you say, you know, I like to learn new stuff. I know personally, every year I, I like to take different classes, I like to read books, I like to learn stuff. A business process expert is someone who, that notice that doesn't say, can be beaten into learning things or you can ultimately bribe them and make them learn things. That says, you know, they're eager to learn things. Um, that's a characteristic of a business process expert. Uh, can communicate clearly. There's a stereotype out there that computing professionals are poor communicators. That can be true, but it doesn't have to be true, and it doesn't have to be true for any of you. You know, learn to communicate effectively. That will, that will help you advance your career tremendously. Understands and is understood by business and IT. That's the whole role of a business process expert, being that boundary spanner like you read about. And this is an important characteristic, and this is why an entry-level person would not make a good business process expert. This idea of a track record of solution delivery. You know, what you want to think about as you're thinking about your career in the future. As you go to work for a company, big, small, whatever have you, doing whatever it is that you're doing. Your primary goal should be to get involved in things and do them well. And then what you want to have happen over time is you want to have people say, oh yeah, I worked with Bob, he did a good job on that project, I'd like to work with him again on this next project. And over time, you develop the reputation of someone who contributes and contributes to things being successful. And so the idea of a business process expert is when you go to people in the organization and say, hey, I'd like to talk to you about something, and they sit down and talk with you, in the back of their mind they're thinking, yeah, I can listen to this person. I respect them because, you know, they've done a lot of good things for our organization. They've been successful with a lot of things. If you're a person, if you're a person who is wound up in a situation where your all your projects are have the same outcome of like the captain of the Titanic, where it's like, oh yeah, I had Bob on my project and the project tanked and we almost all got fired. And then someone else says, I had Bob on my project and we almost all got fired too. Now all of a sudden, nobody's going to want Bob on their team. Okay, You don't want that to be you. You want to put forth the effort and over time build up this track record of success because it's going to help you in fulfilling this role in your organization. This isn't for everybody. This isn't the kind of career that I would expect that all of you would aspire to, but this is a great future career. If you say, you know, in the future, I would love to be the chief information officer of a company or have some title like that, this kind of career is absolutely a pathway to that type of job. So I would encourage you, think about this as it relates to you and your interests and your skills. And if there's certain things that you measure up well on, but other things you might say, that's not a real strength of mine, well, there's nothing that says you, you can't change that, that you can't develop new skills. That's part of what being in a university environment is all about. So think about this. And hopefully the things that we do in this class and things that you do in other classes will really prepare you well for this kind of opportunity in the future. Comments, questions, riddles, other things about this. 
I, I kind of blasted through that as quickly as I could because I want to move on to our next topic. But uh, anything that you have about this that would be useful for us to talk about for a minute? 